Check, check. Yo. Check, check. Checking it out. <clears throat> check me out. Check. Boy. Chicken and chips. Check me out, boy. Do you remember that thing that you told me once that you did a school play once or a musical thing? And then <laughs> at the end, everyone yeah. went, boy. And yeah. you did boy and no one did boy. Yeah, I'm impressed. You remember what was uh, an early and formative trauma of mine. Yeah, I remember everyone's trauma. It's you and me, boy. 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 Yeah. That's the kind of thing that will just stay with me for the rest of my life. Like, it's that <laughs> embarrassment. You, you mean, like, things like that that happened in your life? Or you mean my saying, boy, will stick with you for the rest of your life? I think it just, like, I related to it so hard because, yeah. like, it seems like something that I would have done. Sure. I, I have a few of those moments in my life that I'm just like, just stick out of it. Just shame. Yeah. Um, one was, um, shut up. Uh, Your happy birthday moment. One of them, the happy birthday thing. There was another thing where I just moved in years. So I was, I moved to a new school in this, in term two of year six. So I went okay. from one school moved kind of in the, in an awkward time of year. Yeah. And, one girl, I had been there for two weeks and one of the girls was like really popular. She was leaving. So all of her friends were like really sad that week. I was trying to make friends. I was trying to impress everyone, but everyone just kind of still thought of me as some like twat. By the way, at this point, I had gel in my hair parted down the middle. Okay. Yep. Good. That was a hairstyle that I rocked for a while. Yeah. Oh, with spiky uh, bits at the front. Not alone. With spiky either. bits at the front. That was the that was the era. Yeah, and they pa- they passed around this. Um, they had gotten her a bear, like a a teddy bear thing that sure, said not, "buy." Not a real one. <laughs> right. <laughs> we know you're a fan they of bears, a- so we got you a grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, and it was to say I still remember her name It was to say goodbye to Sophie And they passed it all around For everyone to sign This bear Saying goodbye Sophie I'd been there for Not even two weeks I Everyone was, was writing You know Goodbye Sophie We love you We're going to miss you I decided to draw glasses On the bear Okay Of this bear That, that one of the girls Had spent a lot of money on Yeah and I like drew on its face and stuff, and like, com- like ruined the bear. Like it, it was. You, like a you nice, just gave it an face. attitude where it was a presentable sort of meet your parents kind of bear. It's very nice of you to try and find you know the silver lining you in this for me, but it wasn't like that. Okay, sure. I, 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 I ruined it anyway. Everyone just fucking hated me as soon as I did it. Someone went, "Oh, what the fuck have you done?" You don't even know her. And then the whole class just turned to me and I just felt like, ugh. And I, I carry that with me now. Oh, yeah. And you've never spoken to Sophie since? I really haven't. Yeah. and it's No hanging, one has. It's saying no one, no one knows what happened to her. <laughs> we, I've got one more of these things. Okay, yeah. Just we, while it's on my head. We called off the farewell. Sophie walked out in silence and no one spoke to her again. <laughs> again in high school, two years later, year eight. One some year guys six isn't um, high school. Uh, it was yeah, it was really. That's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, you go to you go to high school in year seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is in high school, but yeah. two years later, one of the, some guys, Mark's dad died, 
suddenly. I didn't really know Mark that well, but I got mm, to school one day. And every he was another popular guy. Uh-huh. Everyone loved him. I really uh-huh. pick him. And he's crying. Well, he's not there. Everyone's crying about Mark's dad, yeah. who suddenly passed away. He was like, you know, involved in the school. They all knew him. Blah blah Tell blah. Tell me, everyone is this? An, is this pe- uh, parents and teachers as well, or is this just kids? Just my cohort. Just your, your cohort. Just my year level. And this mm-hmm. is just before school, so everyone kind of congregates before school. And I say, what's everyone crying about? And someone goes, oh, Mark's dad died. And then someone had a box of tissues and everyone's like crying. And I said, oh, well, better get in the spirit. And I grabbed a bunch of tissues <laughs> and started like pretend dabbing my eyes and crying. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, but, well, when the going's good, let me help myself to all of these tissues. I'm going to use these later. <laughs> Well, is there a limit on how many tissue. tissues I can take out of this? <laughs> there aren't that many tissues at home, so I might. Is that cool if I take 20 tissues? What are you guys going to do later? Do you want to have a tissue party around at my place? <laughs> tissue party? That can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Some of those are new to yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. And, do you have any you moments of shame? Well, yeah, there's that one, uh, as in the, the, um, to recap a story I've told previously, uh, singing out of time, like sing, uh, singing a moment that was meant to be silent in a, in a choral rehearsal, but me singing like the actual pop song version of, uh, you got a friend in me, um, <laughs> where as a, a choir, we decided not to add the, just you and me, boy, of that kind of. <laughs> you know swing vibe and yet i really oh, like the song funny. and so i was listening to it a lot and practicing <laughs> and getting in the vibe and always singing the boy boy and then uh in the the choral performance we got to the the point and everyone else you know it's you and me and then there's just little old nick that goes boy <laughs> just just, just a, just a one-word solo, just, just placed gently into the, into the middle of that, uh, that performance. Can I just ask, why didn't they want to end with the boy? Because like, it seems not, like a great closer. It's not. Or did they overuse it? Corally enough. It's you know, it's a choral adaptation, so you gotta, you gotta maintain some formality. I think. Well, I yeah. like your version way Thank better. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I was upset, and I did know what I'd done wrong. And I did see the choral master <laughs> smile at me and keep going. And we all had a talk about it afterwards and I felt quite bad about it <laughs> and still do. You discuss it. And still do. Um, but did, how'd they bring it up? Were they like, are we going to talk about it? No, I think I went up almost in tears and apologized. And, and my parents were there and, and the, the choir master was there and I was like, oh. So you just cried. Yeah, I think probably some tears were shed. Okay. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other shame moments. Apart from your sexuality. Yeah, other than that sort of deep-rooted stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, did I tell you the thing of the time Merrick and Russo pranked me? No. Do you remember Merrick and Russo? So they were, they were but, mid-90s, yeah. early thousands, like radio duo, um, who were big, I think, on Nova? 
at the time. And they were kind of like the, in the early, early days of podcasting, they were primordial um, podcasters back in like 2004, 2005, Mm. where all the radio stations were really doing them. This is like peak iPod period. Apple's launching the podcast store. People are trying to just work out what this thing is. Like, oh, it'll just like download audio to your um, iTunes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, And so um, uh, radio stations were just beginning to experiment with the idea of like, oh, our shows, we could put our shows out for people who aren't listening in their cars or like in the work or stuff and starting to do original um, was the next uh, like a logical leap beyond that. So American Russell did breakfast or afternoon or something like that. And they had regular, and then they had what they called pirate material, which was their original content. That was just basically uh, an online exclusive podcast stuff. And it was um, mailbag style listener kind of things and then jokes and prank calls and, and stuff. And I was I was a fan. I was interested in the tech of it. I liked them as a comedic duo. And so I wrote in. I don't think you could even like ask a question. You just sent in like your phone number or an email or something and they'd give you a call when they were recording and like have a chat to you. So I'd sent in my phone number and completely separately, completely incidentally, in this era like 2005, my phone answering machine bank like, you know, back in the day where you'd have a phone message when someone would call you and you didn't pick up, um, yeah. was was one of these. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Classic. No, nah, just kidding. Leave a message after the bake, right? That was completely that. coincidental, right? That, that, was the, that was the era, you know, great joke. Everyone loves it. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. Um, would you mind popping up some? Nah, just kidding. <laughs> Just the bane of, bane of my parents' existence. Um, oh, my dad literally didn't talk to me for like a month. <laughs> the um, unfortunate coincidence of me emailing American Russo, giving my phone number so I could have a chat on their podcast, and my phone message being there, oh, hey, it was kind of a perfect nuclear fusion, right? So I was at school... And I was a good kid, so I left my phone in the locker. You know, I didn't take it to the classroom um, and missed the call when they called me. So they called. You're in at, year 12. Uh, year 11? Year 10 or 11? Year, yeah. Okay. It's like 2005. It's the year before I graduated, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe 2006. Either way, it doesn't matter. It was high school. Um, so they call and uh, they get the, oh, hi. And they launch into the, hey, it's American Russo here. We're just following up on your emails. Thanks for getting into, nah, just kidding. Leave a message <laughs> after the, and <laughs> they go, one, that's very funny. But two, you're not allowed to be funnier than us in our own show. They leave this kind of abusive, like, um, message Wait, on. so this is a live, this is live on the radio that they this read is not live. This is, this oh, is pirate. So this okay. is their pre-recorded podcast, right? Sorry, not read out your email. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they leave, I, I get back to my locker and I look at all these, like there's an unknown number calling and a missed message and then like a, a voice mocks. I'm like, what is this? And I listen to the voicemail and it's just like, oh, you fucking, oh, that's funny though. That was good. You got us, blah, blah, blah. Like a nice little thing. Is like, it them? Oh my God, this is American Russell. They, they called my number. Oh my God, I missed it. Oh, but wow, how but cool. It's, there, it's them and not like an assistant or something. It's them. It's them. They called okay. me while recording the show. Yeah, and I actually no. I think now that I think about it, <laughs> I'd sent an email to them saying that our school principal had run away. That was like a little bit of like school scandal at the time. 
uh, halfway through a year, the school principal had basically just disappeared with his family and just like run off to India or something like that. So I'd sent through what? this story because it was like an interesting story and they were calling to talk about it. Right. So that was, that was the back context of it. So then yeah. I get this voicemail message and I was like, Oh my God, they missed it. How annoying, but Oh wow. They called me, but how exciting, but Oh, and then there was this like painful sort of four hour wait where I was um, uh, like waiting to hear the pirate podcast go up so I could hear the whole thing as it happened, right? I want to know what right. actually happened because all I have is one answering machine message, right? What, what do they do? What did they say before it? What happened? So I'm waiting yep. and I'm waiting and then this podcast comes up and uh, so they're like, oh, we've got an email here from Nick. He says his principal's run away and like, that sounds interesting. Let's give him a call. So they call up the thing, uh, start to talk. Nah, just kidding. Oh, you fucking, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so they, they say, oh, that's very funny. Good kid, like good on you. Um, and then they're like, well, he's not allowed to be funnier, um, than us on the podcast. And this is in retrospect where it starts to become a little bit problematic, <laughs> but, okay. um, so they decided, okay, we'll, we'll prank the school and we'll say that we've got Nick's bag. So they called up the actual reception and yep. said, oh, and they put on this real camp flamboyant voice like, oh, we've got, uh, Nick Shadow's um, bag here. Who um, he's actually left it at the Christian Young Christian Homosexuals Club. Um, so if he could come and pick up the bag, um, just let him know that it's at the at the Young Christian Homosexuals Club. This real like camp, like oh my god, lispy thing. This, so this is like years before you came out. This is years before I came out, right? And so I, I, the sweet receptionist at the um, at the desk says, okay. Um, I'll just take a note of that. But to her absolute credit, she's a, in retrospect, a huge champion. She takes it. She plays yep. along. She writes it down. I never heard from her. She never passed on the message. She clearly smelled a rat. Either some kids in school were bullying or this was a pranky thing. Never pass it on. I never heard from her. I never got a message. Your bag is at the Young Christian Homosexuals Club. But nice. in retrospect, problematic prank. Problematic prank. <laughs> Frank. So you heard this. So um, I, I then listened to this podcast and I heard it back and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. And then I was like in the closet. Right. And I had this moment of panic. Like, oh my how gosh. do I deal with this? Right. What is the way to, to ride this off? And wow. the answer was to tell everybody that it happened because the only oh. thing that a straight person would do would laugh at it and tell everyone. So I grabbed the file and I clipped it up and there was a couple of other people at school that also listened to it and uh, put it on like the file sharing thing at school. And then everyone was listening to it and enjoying and the laughter because I got them and it was funny. And then they called up the school and it was funny, right? And then wow. I got dragged into the vice principal's office because... The reason they had called me was I had said the principal had run away and the school didn't really like that narrative being out there. Now, the Whoa. school was never named, um, so they never said it or identified it. Uh, but I had a, a bit of a talking to, which was very uncharacteristic for me to be dragged into yeah. the vice principal's office, um, uh, saying, now, you know, Nick, uh, we all know it's a bit of fun here, but, uh, you know, uh, this is not... Um, something that should continue and we don't like the idea of our school being um, uh, you know slandered in this way or whatever so uh, I assume this will be the end of it and I was like yes they, they don't say the name of the school and you know like it wasn't really about that in the end so sorry 
And he was like, all right, and and sent me on my way. Um, but yeah, for a, for a few days there, um, interesting in terms of personal life and dynamics, also a, a mildly popular little stunt in the school for a, a couple of days and and then a, a virally sort of uh, audio clip that went around as well because everyone was laughing at the fact that the principal ran away. That is, I can't believe I haven't heard that story before. That is, that's a cracker. Mm. And great, I like I like your logic with the, what would a, what would a straight guy do? I mean, I don't know if I would. Uh, yes, I would. Like, if it, if it was like American Rosso, because they were cool. They were the cool guys. They were guys. cool. Yeah, they were. Um, at the time, especially at that age. Yeah. So to get it, to have any interaction with them, it's yeah. like... Uh, they were, they were the edgier of like the radio duos. Yeah. Yeah. Now now you'd get more offended by being called Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, but, you, you would, they would, you know, probably look back and think, hmm... Not knowing anything about a kid in high school, is this the, the right tack to play? But, you know, different era. That's why we love the early 2000s. That's why we love the thousands, before anyone had learned anything. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Deep Fort, everyone. Hey, nice to be back. Nice to see you. You're looking well. It's winter. You know, I like that sweater on you. It's nice. This is a podcast. Uh, that wasn't directed at you, Michael. This is to the listener. Um, that, that sweater's a little bit unflattering. Um... <laughs> Sitting through the internet with me, uh, my friend Michael. How are we doing? We're doing so well. Love that story. Nice to see you, Nick. Hello, Deep Fort listeners. And I'm Nick. How are we doing? Hey. Hi. Cool. Coming out the gate with two stories. Feeling jazzy, man. I'm, I'm drinking a lovely uh, bourbon. Yeah, you're going You're going into the spirits today. I've got a, I just got a, a beer beverage. Emma, um, Emma bought... A bottle of my favourite bourbon, not for me, just Whoa. for the house. House um, bourbons, and it's Woodford Reserve bourbon, delicious. Um, so I've, I've had this, uh, having this as a, as a kind of a pre-dinner aperitif. Aperitif. I believe that's post dinner. Oh, speaking of dinner, though, can Nick, I can I ask a question just while we're just yeah sure just man to man while we're on the topic um, yeah. What's the difference between a whiskey and a bourbon? I I all I know is that a bourbon is like more round in in taste and in texture. It's got maybe a little bit sweeter, whereas whiskey, well, whiskey is bourbon. So whiskey all is Scotch whiskey, whiskey is and bourbon. also bourbon. I think all bourbon is whiskey, that's the and all Scotch whiskey. is whiskey. Yeah, and all Scotch is whiskey. I get that part. And all bourbon is whiskey. All bourbon is, is whiskey? This is a whiskey bourbon. Okay. You can have a whiskey bourbon that's both. It's a. It's not both. It's just like the umbrella. It's like whiskey is the umbrella category of bourbon. There's whiskey. Okay, draw me a diagram. Scotch. Okay. Whiskey in this umbrella. Whiskey's that's at the an top. Umbrella. Whiskey covers everything. And then under that umbrella, uh-huh. scotch, uh-huh. bourbon. Uh-huh. And I don't know. Rye? Don't know what What's rye? Rye can be a yeah. type of whiskey? Rye whiskey. Nice one. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, so three... whiskeys include bourbon and you're drinking a bourbon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I might not have that correct. It just feels right. Yeah. Well, you did work in a bar, so I feel like your knowledge would be slightly higher than mine in that respect. 
You'd think that, but I... The bar I'm referring to is um, the Wallace Cinemas Boulevard Lounge. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, who, by the way, who turned 14 the other day. That is so crazy to me. We were at the first... Cannot deal with how much time ago that is. Oh my God, (laughs) dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, That means we've known each other for 14 years. I know. Like, did you work the first... Shift? Not the very first, no, nah, no, nah, not the very first. Because I did. You go to that Ocean's Thirteen preview? Because that was the first time I saw a movie there. Do you remember the Ocean's Thirteen preview? Mm, now you're testing me. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Yeah, I, there was a two week period at the start where I wasn't there for some reason. I can't remember if it was I was in the middle of exam period and it was starting after that or something like that, or I travelled, mm. but I wasn't there for like two weeks till after it had opened. Yeah. I'd got the job before, that... but I just I right. didn't start straight away. It just occurred to me that 14, 14 years is almost half of our lives. Yeah, I worked that out the other day as well. In, That's what are we now? 32, it's 14. So yeah. it's got to be, what, another six years? Five years? Yeah. Fuck. It just seems like too it's much. 14, it's 19. Yeah, five years. Because do you know what you know what you can do in 14 years? You can go to a chicken school, go finish high school from yeah. from reception. <laughs> yeah. That's what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Fuck. Yeah. You could like you this. could buy raise love a family pet and have to say goodbye to it. Exactly, like a dog who's lived a good life. A dog with a great life. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And soon we'll be putting this relationship to bed. Excuse me? This is the last ever deep thought. Wouldn't that be so creepy if it was the case? Uh, cre- creepy if it, if you just if dropped it came on true. me. Yeah. No, if it came true. If, like, suddenly you died in, like, a yachting accident or something. And we're like, wow, I actually wow Nick got that vibe. I think about this. I think about this quite a lot. Like, I think about whether, like, if you would do, like, a, you know, a, an epilogue episode. Or if you'd get a new me. I wouldn't get a new you. W- would you like an epilogue episode? I think that would be nice. A tribute. Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably could be the highest rated show it's possible i mean i'd probably i'd reuse some old like tunes and stuff i wouldn't make like fresh it's a bit of like it'd be a, it's a waste a of time back. to sort of invest energy <laughs> into it um but like there'd be old sort of jingles i could repurpose and and some of the sort of scraps from like the the default garage band loops that sort of thing just to give it a little bit of jazz <laughs> Um, yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to sink so much time into something like that one. It's like, what are you going to get from it? It's not, not pleasure. Worth it. But do you? This is the other thing I think about. If you died tragically, the news would go to your Facebook profile and select a photo because that's what they do whenever someone tra- dies tragically. They get their photos from Facebook. Yeah. So what photo is on your Facebook that would be like the photo that? gets on the news yeah. because you you know got run like you got trampled by a camel trampled uh, the camel tramp yeah um i mean it is possible on facebook to make it not searchable 
or to have a um, uh, like a privacy setting turned on so that they can't get into the page and all they get is your profile. So you could sort mm-hmm. of control it. There was an interesting one today, actually, in the Apple um, software update news that, that, that they did like a keynote today announcing what was coming. And one of the features yeah. that they um, turned on and which a few of these services now have are like digital legacy um, sort of fallbacks. So I don't know if you know this about Facebook, but you can set up who uh, can access your um, profile and and take ownership of it if you die. So it can be turned into a memorial page and like archived so that um, it sort of stays as it was and, and, and it becomes like a, a, a digital headstone. And similarly with um, things mm. in the Apple universe, you will soon be able to set up a, a trusted person in your contacts who, if you die you can uh, go through the process and and provide a death certificate and that sort of stuff and uh, then gain access to all the data on their phone and all the photos and that sort of stuff. They'll they'll actually migrate that over to you, which is one of those things now that we're entering that digital era of of so much precious stuff being only stored on the cloud or only locked away by biometrics that you want to have a fallback to get. Right. Think about how much prime real estate and space head like headstones take up like it's kind of it's kind of silly like like people need to have that space where they go to but does it necessarily need to be a physical space because it's going to get to a point where we can't we can't actually you know bury everyone I mean, well and most people a lot of are getting cremated these days anyway so what you're looking at is not anything right it might just be a plot and and you think about i know the the cemetery in melbourne the main cemetery is just is smack bang in like it. The real estate must be worth millions and millions of dollars. It's like in the perfect location. Like it seems like I don't want to say a waste, but it almost seems a bit silly that we use up so much space for something that is gone and will and is only a situation that is going to pile up and get worse. Well, and the thing is, you, you like. A plot is yours forever, right? Like when they sell you a, a cemetery plot, it's not like, okay, and then 30 years from now, we'll, you know, roll you over and put another one on top. Like you're getting, yeah. you're getting that land forever. So unless it's like a, a double decker bus sort of situation where we just slide another one on top and, and keep pushing down or like th- there's not that many alternatives when it comes to space saving. When was the last time you went to a cemetery? Uh went to as in like wandered through i yeah, i wandered I, through do you have i mean there's a that? couple around my area that i just sort of navigate or pass because it's on my walking route or because i run past it so like there's one literally just at the end of the road that i see every day but it's not like i in, inside well i've crossed through to get to the other side but it's not like yeah, it, it's not a huge one. It's just in front of a church. Have you ever felt like when you've done that, you when you've gone, ooh, like I'm in I a space a, where a, there's lots of dead bodies? I shiver down my spine and I was like, ooh, that's a grandma. <laughs> what about you? Do you go often? Uh, I used to go and smoke um, marijuana um, down at the cemetery near, near, near the near where your near where your school used to be. Yeah, not used fire. to be near where your <laughs> school that you went to is but you were no longer attending it is that clear <laughs> we got it on the third take 
um but apart from that i haven't been i my cousin and my grandfather my dad's dad are the people that have died and that i they're the only people that really have died yeah so whenever we drove whenever we were kids and we would drive past each one of those cemeteries in adelaide we drive past patrick cemetery we would all as a family go hi patrick or hi, Jido. That's cute. For, um, but I can't remember the last time I was in a cemetery. Yeah. But you're writing screenplays about cemeteries now. Well, I well, don't think we've actually written homes. anything in a cemetery yet. But yeah, funeral homes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're the oh, expert. This is, this, this is going to be such a transition. But um, <laughs> how's your lockdown going? Uh, yeah, but there was there was a there was a walk there which I didn't take. I I I just just decided to go for a a hard break. Just do like a a glisten and then just be like hard break okay, or something like that. Nice. Like I mean, I'm just making work for you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah I can yeah. just say it because I don't have to do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lucky D four point zero. Look, it came as a bit of a surprise. Um, so it, it, look, it's been all right. It's been all right. Um, just working from home. Um, we can't leave the house without a mask or with one of the five reasons for leaving the house. It just feels like, what are it, the five reasons? Like, uh, shopping, exercising for two hours, vaccine, getting a vaccine, getting a COVID test and then something else. Who knows? Seeing a intimate partner. Right. Um, so yeah, I, the, it looks like we they're going to probably announce tomorrow if we're going to get out. But um, it just was so because we was we had we were like seventy days without COVID. Yeah, and now and then like last or two weeks ago, we start hearing things of oh, there's like uh, someone who's come back from overseas who's got this new Indian strain. And you're like you just see it on the news and you're like, eh, okay, all right, well that's there. And then the next day, they're like, oh, it's bad. And then the, ne- the day after that, they're like, we're locking down tomorrow. And it's like, God, it just happened so quickly. But and that's, that's like- a good sign. If I can jump in right there. Yeah. That's the good sign. Because that was the mistake they made last time. Where dawdling just like, it's an exponential growth thing, right? Like the faster, the earlier, the easier. And that was how New Zealand yeah. managed to get it early. And the five weeks was quite a long, hard lockdown. But it was early enough to break it and the fact that it was surprising and shocking and oh f- fuck do i need three gallons of um lard and a, a couple of gallons of toilet paper i don't know why i say da- yeah. i tried to i said gallons, gallons and i was like you don't buy toilet paper in gallons what else <laughs> comes in gallons lard and then something else what comes what does toilet paper came in gallons i still ended up back at gallons a second time i couldn't i <laughs> i walked into it twice isn't Idiot. gallons an, an american thing anyway you don't buy yeah and it's liquids <laughs> i just <laughs> i don't know what was going oil oil anyway um anyway yeah so my point being the fact that it was surprising and oh oh shit we're locking down that's good that's that's a good sign yeah and i think that's definitely what they're they're trying to avoid this time around um, were you in lockdown for five weeks? Wait, you couldn't. What did that mean when you were in that hard lockdown? Everything, even even harder than than um, what you're doing. For so five weeks. Yeah. So exercise was limited to. 
walking for like an hour and a half or something like that around your your vicinity all restaurants and all shops and everything was shut other than supermarkets and pharmacies and like doctors clinics so no takeaway everyone was making things at home cooking themselves um so that was that was the hard one where it's like you can't get anything from anyone else other than the supermarket <laughs> so you just have to make it all at home um that would have killed me yeah that. yeah so i i am still grateful for you that you can get um takeaways i just hope that it, it's not a vector for it continuing to spread yeah and it, it looks like they're at it's under control we've been we'll be in lockdown for two weeks by the yeah. time we can come out of it hopefully on friday um but here's the thing here, this is something i've been like just wondering about and i can't find a good answer so maybe you can give me give me one we are Okay, so I understand that we need to bring people, people who are overseas, Australian citizens who are overseas currently and want to get back home. We need to be, they need to be able to come home. But the reason why there's any COVID in Australia now is because people are coming from overseas. So my question is, obviously, having, uh, get getting rid of hotel quarantine and having dedicated quarantine facilities is the obvious solution here but that's going to still going to take you know six months to a year my question is why if we're only getting covid from people bringing it overseas does it their need to be able to come back home outweigh the threat and the cost to people who live in australia and by cost i mean the cost of locked lockdowns for businesses and whatever else. It's actually a false dichotomy because the solution and the problem are hinging on a broader issue, which is the failures of the federal government. You actually said it yourself. There should have been like quarantine facilities established. The big fucking question is, even if it takes six months, which to me actually seems quite a lot of time, like that, that's quite a long amount of time to set something up. But let's say, let's say up. charitably it takes six months, which seems improbable if the army and and everything is you know operating these kind of spaces around the world all the time you wouldn't think that it was beyond the means of the australian government to set this stuff up if that was uh, the case and it needed six months then it should have been the case that by september last year the federal government had established a federal protocol for returning citizens with a a proper quarantine system and um, alleviated the need for retrofitting unsuitable hotel quarantine places to um, yep. deal with these returning citizens who have a legal right to re-entry. And, 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 and if you think about being stuck in India where it's raging out of control or Japan where it's growing and growing or Brazil where it's just completely <laughs> consuming hundreds of thousands of people, then and yep. you're not sick, then all you want to fucking do is get home right just get get me out of here. And if your home country says you can't come here, then that is basically an up, uprooting of any definition of citizenship or, or national statehood that we understand. So the failure we did is actually... We did it already under the Biosecurity Act. So you can do it. You, you can, can do, do it, it for- but it just means like, what are the consequences here? And, and, and legally, what... Um, uh, what it, what uh, options do these people then have left, right? What what are you leaving to? If they're not a citizen of the country that they're stuck in, can they get healthcare? Oh, are you sentencing them to die if they get COVID, you know? Like, yeah. 
Um, so the failure is actually, it, it is a, a, a question that is understandable to ask. Why, why are we bringing these people back if it, if it throws Melbourne into lockdown? But really, it's only a failure and it's only throwing Melbourne into lockdown because the federal government has fucked it. They, they just fucked it. They, they sat on their thumbs for a year and a half and they still haven't set up anything approaching the needs of, of a pandemic. And in the same way that they turned down Pfizer's offer for vaccines last year because they wanted to haggle on price. And, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? What do you think they're going to just knock off a few cents for you? Like, I, uh, th- yeah. th- these, are, these are federal government fuck-ups. And yeah. and the the question and the situation that we're in now is is disastrous and it's unfortunate that for some reason Melbourne keeps hitting the brunt of it but it it shouldn't be one that you have to choose between a citizen and their rights to be home and the safety and security of the country it's the job of the government to ensure that that can both coexist. I totally yeah I totally agree with with all of that, um, but here's a here's yeah a couple of counter questions which sure. Is, you know, things that would naturally come to mind from that. One, we knew we knew that coronavirus has been happening for a long time, well, for 15, 16 months now. People were overseas. Why didn't they get back sooner? Uh, I mean, I don't have a generic answer. I, I, like a, everyone's situation is different. Some people were... Uh, you know, it might have families over there. They might have young kids and they'd been living in a place that was okay. And then it only worsened three months ago, right? Like India was kind of okay for a while there. And maybe the, the, the risk calculus is such that it's like, okay, well, if the consequence is I have to rip my, you know, six year old daughter away from all her friends, all of her schooling, all of her education system to a country with a language she doesn't speak and all this kind of thing, then the, you know, the, the weighing up you're doing is, mm, well, maybe we w- write it out a little bit until yeah. such threshold you hit where it, it's no longer tenable to stay there. But as to why these people, I'm sure some of them are idiots. I'm sure some people went traveling and thought they could get around it. I'm sure, you know, people made bad decisions and I'm sure just as many people had valid logical thought processes that saw them stay there as long as they could. Yeah, I guess so. I I am very sympathetic to the idea that if if you're a, if you're a person who is a if you if you think of Australia as home, the idea that you can't you're not allowed to come back is does feel like a quite profound, um, mm. you know, it doesn't it doesn't sit well at all. Yeah, you're stateless. Where, where, where's your home? Yeah, your I Tom mean, the, Hanks the other... in the terminal. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, normally you want to be Tom Hanks, but not in this time. <laughs> um, the the other thing, of course, is some people might have really been trying, to, like sincerely trying to get home all of this time, and just couldn't, either because yeah. the plane routes weren't there, or the cost of the tickets necessary was beyond their means, and they didn't have the seven thousand dollars it took to catch the four ridiculous connections that it might need and then the hotel quarantine costs when you get in and where are you going to stay when you arrive like it might just actually not might be financially viable until it's like i'm going to get sick and i have no better choice than to go home you know i don't think a lot of these people are making the choices lightly no i don't think they are but they are the yeah you do have those like immediate kind of knee-jerk questions yeah 
that that the media doesn't really give you a clear explanation for it just kind of felt like like assumed knowledge like i didn't know why until last week when i kind of properly went into it that people the reason why we are still letting people into australia is because it's a it's a kind of a legal thing or a, or a human human rights thing yeah yeah i think our friend uh eddie did a good uh short yeah. column on that a few weeks ago as well that um Maybe I can throw into the links yeah, if people want to read India it thing. about the stateless um, and repatriation things. Yeah, mm. no, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to this, Nick. He's too smart for this. So you don't need, <laughs> don't shout out anyone who doesn't listen. To it. <laughs> and that's the last time we'll be crediting Albert Einstein, <laughs> who refuses um, to respond to my emails. Speaking of responding to your emails, oh, did I do a? I just set you up for a segue. A brief one. This just made me laugh. So, um, do you have some dumplings the other day? Did you? Did I have some dumplings the other day? Yeah, I did. Yeah, were they were they not to your liking? <laughs> no, they weren't. Right. Oh, why? Oh, oh, I see where this is going. I got a notification today, as you know, uh, <laughs> listeners. Um, I now have. <laughs> access to our email account um, and I got a notification before saying Google uh, thanks you for your review and I was like I didn't make any review look into it Nick has left a scathing oh, yeah. review on a Shanghai Shanghai let's give him a shout out Shanghai Street Dumplings in Christchurch somewhere mm-hmm. um, giving him two stars I'm just going to read out Nick's oh, review here because it really made me laugh <laughs> so Nick's okay. done this, by the way. Nick's done this. I was having on a the, bad day. He's, uh, he's obviously used our Deep Fort Gmail account, <laughs> either forgotten or didn't want to put his name to it, so he's done it under an alias and incriminated me along the way. But uh-huh. whatever. This I, poor... I would like to think of it as a cross-promotion so that any interested people who are like, I like the cut of this guy's jib. He really knows his dumplings. Maybe I'd listen to that podcast. Yeah, except there's going to be Shanghai Street Dumplings. It's going to see this. It's going to think, who the fuck is Deep Fort? Click on us and then have a, have a you know, have you seen this podcast on the front That's of the marketing. That's marketing. You were giving okay. me stuff last week like, oh, what, what are you doing? I'm selling out ad spots for a dollar every 30 cents. You're not doing anything. Here we are a week later and I'm, I'm getting our name out there. So you're welcome. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's gorilla tax gorilla tactics here, gorilla like taxes <laughs> gorilla taxes good name for a good name for a band good name right here's nick's email because okay. we all want to hear what this <laughs> nick complaining about his dumplings was <laughs> i'm going to do it in the voice that i imagine that you were writing it in okay, okay. yeah menu on, no greeting no hello <laughs> menu online was cheaper than the price charged in store when pointed out the server refused to acknowledge the false advertising then didn't give a receipt or buzzer or number. And so I watched as my food was handed to another couple. Fe- Finally, they brought over someone else's dumplings and I was too sick of the 25-minute wait to argue any further. I'd also watched them give away a different customer's food to the wrong people and made him wait another 15 minutes for them to cook more. So it seems this happens frequently. Not worth it. <laughs> nice yep. one, dude. 
Look, I'm not. I've I'm never not proud of it. reviewed. A f- I've never I'm not given proud a of review it. of any food ever. Uh huh. I'm not proud Maybe of it, I but should. I do stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been really pissed off. I was. To I was. I'd had get a- out your. Get out your phone and. Type away. Can I tell you the true story? I tried to do it while I was waiting for my dumplings, but my phone wasn't letting me do it. So I actually did it when I got home. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was very disappointed. They charge, the website advertised the price and they came in and they charged me more. And I said, that's not the price. And they said, well, it is the price. And I said, well, your, your website says otherwise. And they said, well, in our system, we've changed it. Um, so it'll be this. And I said, that's false advertising. And they said, okay. And I said, okay, I'll have the dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No oh self-respect. My God. Pathetic. Uh, yeah. Were the dumplings any good? Nah. They weren't the dumplings I wanted. They gave me the wrong dumplings. What'd you order and what'd you get? I ordered, I think it was chicken coriander or pork coriander. And they came out and it was... Uh, chicken and chive or pork or chive or whatever like they the very garlic garlic chives instead of coriander it was a very different flavor of dumpling okay i wouldn't have known in this noticed the difference there well you're not a bit of a aficionado yeah dumpling yeah sommelier <laughs> look i i um i'd actually that was my second dinner of the night because i'd gone to I'd gone to get chicken rice from a, an asian store and they they'd sold out so i I had to have something else and I was not quite as full. And so I wanted, I wanted something to top me up. And then I went and got dumplings and those dumplings were wrong as well. It was a bit of a disaster and I was not in a good mood. Um, so the second, the second indignity stung and I needed to let them know that I would not be returning to their services and their website lists them as four stars. And I thought that's inappropriate because all that I've witnessed here tonight suggests that is too high. Four stars on Google or four stars on the website? Google. Four stars on Google is, means nothing. You want a 4.5 or get out of here. Yeah. And now now I haven't actually checked, but there's definitely a two. So hopefully that's pushed them into the three territory. Now, did you um, in, did you not want to put your name to it and, um, and signed in as Deep Fort and used Deep Fort as a shield, as a scapegoat for your nitpickediness? Or did you, you know, just accidentally, you know? I like to think of it as marketing. As, um, okay, as cross, so you did promotion. it on purpose. I, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and you just thought I'd never find out. Well, I, I, I didn't even, it didn't, I literally didn't even join the dots that it would email to confirm there'd been a review. No, it just said, thanks for your review. Yeah. Look, I, I'm all for this. Yeah, I'm all for this. I, 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 um, I didn't even realize it was going to be visible, as you can tell from my uh raucous laughter at the start of this segment yes well when i read that i i also raucously laughed um so it brought me some joy even though your dumplings sucked yeah so thank you so in the end it was all worth it all worth it baby hey uh how about some no i don't like it would you like some george Clooney news Mm mm-hmm and one uh Okay. No, no, I was counting in too slow. Yeah, okay. And the one. And no, I went slower. <laughs> I went to I went the other way. One, two, three, four. 
George, George, George. No, I'd see that. Oh, hold on. If we can interrupt there, you counted in one, two, three, four, right? And then we started at a George and immediately knew what tempo it had to be, and it wasn't the tempo that you'd let in. I know. So I'm gonna let's just let's just put each other on mute for one second and then just sing it, and then that's gonna I'll be a nightmare for me to edit. So I I would prefer okay. if we just sang it at the same time. But okay. I just don't think we need a count. I just think we can just go. We could just do it. Yeah. Just stare like into we're my like eyes. Nirvana or something. Stare into my eyes and we'll just, we'll zen it out. Okay. You ready? All right. George, 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 George Clooney. Clooney. George, George Clooney News. <gasps> Watch out for that tree. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Was, did, I don't we think did it worked it, as well. On as my I end, it was good. Okay. I mean, on my end, it was good. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. It's been a while. Our old friend, uh, Jake Lou, he's always got things going on in his life. He's <laughs> a devil Lou. if it comes to uh, Jake Lou. Uh, events and news and, and stories. Uh, did you see this one in which he recounted his interactions with the film director, David O. Russell? Ooh. On the film Three Kings. Three Kings. Three oh, Kings. this is speaking my language here, Nick. Okay, famously tell me about Three feuded. Kings. Well, th- David O. Russell, famously a uh, very antagonistic uh, director. He had that spat with um, Lily Tomlin on I Heart Huckabees that got filmed. It was like the first, like one of those first viral moments, I guess. Yeah. Um, do you remember that? Uh, years and years and years ago. When yeah. He's like yelling at Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's excellent. Um, he's had, what else did he direct? Silver uh, Playbook. American Hustle. Hustler. American Hustle. So he's, he's on Three Kings. I don't know. I've read, I've looked at that Wikipedia page, um, quite a bit. But What year are yeah, we talking I, here? Is this like 2009 or what? No, we're talking like 90. Oh, early, 99, early. 99 would be my guess. Sure. Okay. Wouldn't mind looking that up sure. now. Um, but yeah, um, he, yeah, I remember George Clooney and him had a, had a massive tiff. And uh, I believe George Clooney has since refused to work with him again. Yeah. Well, let me uh, put you in the mind of George Clooney himself as he discusses. 99. Nailed it. Discusses the film Three Kings, directed by David O. Russell. I will. Uh, Simply read this to you. Um, This is from a Playboy interview in which all of the best information comes. Um, (laughs) Quote, It was truly, without exception, the worst experience of my life. Whoa. So, Playboy asked, Did he, um, David O. Russell, yell at you? Clooney says, At me often and at someone daily. He'd throw off his headset and scream, Today the sound department fucked me. For me, it came to a head a couple of times. Once he went after a camera car driver who I knew from high school. I had nothing to do with his getting his job, but David began yelling and screaming at him and embarrassing him in front of everybody. I told him, you can yell and scream and even fire him, but what you can't do is humiliate him in front of people. Not on my set if I have anything to say about it. Good on you, Jay Clue. Another time, he screamed at the script supervisor and made her cry. I wrote him a letter and said, Look, I don't know why you do this. You've written a brilliant script and I think you're a good director. Let's not have a set like this. I don't like it and I don't work well like this. I'm not one of those actors who likes things in disarray. Uh, 
He read the letter and we started all over again. But later we were three weeks behind schedule, schedule, which puts some pressure on you. And he was in a bad mood. These army kids who were working as extras were supposed to tackle us. There were three helicopters in the air and 300 extras on the set. It was a tense time and a little dangerous too. David wanted one of the extras to grab me and throw me down. This kid was a little nervous about it and David walked up to him and grabbed him. He pushed him onto the ground. He kicked him and screamed, do you want to be in this fucking movie? Then throw him to the fucking ground. The second AD came up and said, you don't do that, David. You want them to do something, you tell me. David grabbed his walkie-talkie and threw it on the ground. He screamed, shut the fuck up, fuck you. And the AD goes, fuck you, I quit. He walked off. It was a dangerous time. I'd sent this, send him this letter. I was trying to make things work. So I went over and I put my arm around him. I said, David, it's a big day, but you can't shove, push or humiliate people who aren't allowed to defend themselves. He turned on me and said, why don't you just worry about your fucked up act? This is telling Jake what Lou that the he- fuck? Yeah. You're being a dick. You want to hit me? You want to hit me? Come on, pussy, hit me. George Clooney's looking at him like he's out of his mind. Then he started banging me on the head with his head. He goes, hit me, you pussy, hit me. Then he got me by the throat and I went nuts. Waldo, my buddy, one of the boys, grabbed me by the waist to get me to let go of him. I had him by the throat. I was going to kill him. Kill him. Finally, he apologized, but I walked away. By then, the Warner Brothers guys were freaking out. David sort of pouted through the rest of the shoot and we finished the movie, but it was truly, without exception, the worst experience of my life. Shit. God almighty. Yeah. uh... I don't have much to add to that, but it's just like fascinating as an insight because David O. Russell, as we know, is is famously (laughs) uh, anger prone, shall we say. And to hear it from a guy just talking openly about it at the caliber of like a, a J. George Clooney is, is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. I gotta say David O. Russell sounds like a true artist, but <laughs> I love these stories that show like George Clooney, like as if they could you already think they're like, you know, him and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon, they're playing pranks on each other. They're like politically active. They're saving kids, you know, they're handsome they're rich and they're also like really great guys. Like you hear these stories about Brad Pitt telling Harvey Weinstein to fuck off when he's, you know, when he was with um, Gwyneth Paltrow and stuff. And it was like, uh, is this for real? Are you guys like really like that? Just perfect. Do you have that integrity? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 but I love it's nice. It. Yeah. I want them to be the people that. Oh, they- I agree. Yeah. They're like the the rock stars. Like I want, you know, you kind of live vicariously through them. Yeah. No, I just thought it was actually a nice testament to his character as well. Like you see him standing up for like normal people on the set as well. But yeah, David totally. Russell does not seem like a nice guy. And and to be fair, what has he made recently? Does it feel like Hollywood's kind of iced him a little bit? I don't think so. But you you get if you've got those stories coming out from, you know. Hollywood A-listers. Yeah, you got to think that he's he's done some some horrific shit to an intern or an extra that you know. Yeah, just never made the will news. Will reveal it. Yeah, you know, in the current era, he's done. He did no. He's done nothing. He's done. Um, he did Joy, which is good, but still, still, it's twenty thousand fifteen. Twenty thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. <laughs> is that the um, Kate Blanchett um, one? No, um, 
Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence, that's right. But yeah, actually, you're right. That's the last movie he's directed. Yeah, that's six years ago. He's got one on the um, on the works at the moment, starring Christian Bale, Untitled oh, David O. Russell oh, Project, Christian hell. Bale and Margot Robbie, and Rami Malek, and oh. Robert De Niro, and Mark oh. Myers, and Timothy Oliphant, and Michael Shannon, and Chris Rock, and Anya Taylor-Joy, Fucking and hell. Taylor Swift, Fucking and Taylor hell. Swift. That's that's a cast. That is a massive cast. All those premise. people being like, Rick it had... can't be as bad as it sounds. Well, he is a good director. Um, this is the premise, according to Wikipedia, for the untitled David O. Russell project. A doctor and a lawyer form an unlikely partnership. Oh. <laughs> I, I love that. I like to think that, that was say. just his... I've got an idea for a movie, guys. <laughs> and that's his pre- That's his premise. That's what he goes around and pictures. Yeah. yeah. Doctor and a lawyer. Get this. Doctor and a lawyer become friends, and you don't expect it. You're gonna fucking pay me the money I fucking need. We're gonna make this film, or else you can get fucked. <laughs> uh, yes, David yes, David. Ross. Yes, David. Yes, David. If there's been uh, in moments of enjoyment uh, scattered throughout this audio podcast today, then uh, I would love for you to taste test some of our other episodes back in the feed. You can find that entire archive at deepfort.podbean.com and you can find us on all forms of social media for other versions of interactivity. There's the Facebook, of course, but there's also Instagram for uh, stories and photos. There's SoundCloud for our jingles. There's Twitter if you want a notification of something's going up or a notification, whatever scratches that itch for you uh you can send us a question to deepford at gmail.com or pay for an ad spot for uh, some small amount of money uh no takers this week michael no no it's sort of petered out this week yeah no hits oh well <laughs> um and uh of course if you are in your podcast app of choice uh we recommend overcast but if you're in and about the internet spaces please be sure to uh, rate us five stars so that we can continue to do what we do. Um, make each other... Uh, I don't know. It just, I was about to say make <laughs> each other laugh and I just I, I felt too sick about it that I didn't want to. Why did you feel too sick about that? It felt, it felt too cheesy. It felt, it felt gross. Well, you've got to leave all this in now. <sighs> Fuck. Um, just tying this all in a bow. This is the... Um... I just sent you the picture of what the news will use when in they uh, when you die in a tragedy in Facebook. This is I just searched through your photo, just scan through your photo while you're telling whatever story you're telling. Uh huh. Um, that's what they. That's what'll be on the news when you die. They won't get that. That's not yeah, accessible. That's not accessible to the public. Well, I'll give it to them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, in that case, that's quite a nice photo, and I'm okay with it. Well. That. I mean, okay, it's not about what they can access. It's like what kind of photos would they use? I mean, you've got a lot on here, a lot on here that they would never use. That's Isn't that like, good, though? Never. I guess. I mean, but what if they were like... Why really, do we want the news to have a picture of me what anyway? What if they were really short that day and they really wanted to... Oh, this is not sending as quickly as I thought. Yes, it is. And they used that one there that I just sent you. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this on the podcast. You're just, you're kind of forcing me to put these photos into the podcast, which is <laughs> is a cruel trick. Yeah. Oh, just say a that's, couple more. That's the last one. <laughs> that's the last one I, because I have to do different chapters for all of them if you want this to work. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've got that right. one. I'll put that one in. Okay.
That's right. this was from a role for the for the. This was in my very limited um, acting uh, roles um, during the production of our TV show when I was a um, uh, a hipster. I think you look, and that, I think yeah, it suits hips, me. It's, you're not a hipster in that photo at all. You're like you're like some like weird like oh uh, what's the word? It was like it's a like, hippie type. It was like a, sl- a slovenly crash on your couch kind of. I know of what it hippie. is. It's called a wookie. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Ready for some weird news? Oh, close out the app. Wait. Yes. Nice. All right. Play it. In the news today from the strange and weird fact file. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies That's what I say anyway. the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage was Turns out, the government has been taking This is Deep Thought Weird News with Michael Zubrefkla Sludge. All right. And we're back. Weird news. Yeah, we're back. Coming right up. All right. So, found a bit of bit of bit of weird news the other day. Mm. Um, have you heard about this euthanasia coaster that a man designed? A euthanasia coaster for putting so, drinks on. No, like a roller coaster. Oh. And I'm sorry, but you're going to have to have one more photo in this. Okay. Uh, for this segment. But okay, so I'll tell you. So this is a couple of this idea was um, drawn up a couple of years ago but it's recently resurfaced it's a it's a design by a lithuanian um i don't know what his profession is entrepreneur called <laughs> julianas urbanas definitely butch that but he's designed a roller coaster that serves as a euthanasia device okay this is not a practical thing. This is a this is a conceptual thing. This is a conceptual thing, but he but it's actually won a few prizes, which is why it's right. resurfaced. So, okay. so this, he's built it as a hypothetical death machine in the in the form of a roller coaster, engineered to humanely, <laughs> with elegance and euphoria, uh-huh. take the life of a human being. Okay. Intrigued. I mean, nicer than a firing squad. Nicer than a firing squad. Yes, correct. All right. So he's he's written a few. There's a few quotes here attributed to this, which kind of explains. Um, let me just scan this here. Okay. So here here are the, a few details here. The the roller coaster is kind of it's got a very it's got a very steep vertical climb and then a very steep. Uh, drop off and then circles that go. Is it con- I want to say concentric. Is that mm, they're, concentric they're sort of different? they're not concentric because that implies they're all within the same loop. Right. But they are of diminishing uh, radius. Loopiness. They're growing short, <laughs> smaller loop de loops and tighter loop de loops as as the the path continues. Yes. Um. And so it starts at the the, the slow ascent to the top is a five hundred and ten uh, five hundred and ten meters, which is just smaller than the uh, Empire State big, Building. Yeah, that's quite a big quite a big run. So it's it's designed to kind of send you into like um, 
whatever what's it called it's not 5g is it uh when you get the yeah. gravitational well, like one thing it's not 5g what zero g-force G. g-force zero g. g zero g zero g's is zero g's when like you're when floating you... yeah yeah <laughs> like free fall free fall yeah yep and then the circles basically cause your blood to run to rush to your extremities to your toes and your hands thereby taking all the blood away from your um brain and essentially killing you but you do it you go into a hypoxic state yeah which is something that you can do in on an airplane yeah. hypothetically um but i've just got a couple of quotes here from and that's meant to be a pleasurable sensation the hypoxia is is a pleasurable way to go um well it says it says here elegance and euphoria but is the I... euphoria just like oh i'm on a roller coaster yeah, I guess I guess so. Like maybe there's some kind of um, chemical effect that happened to your brain, but um, yeah. So uh, he's just got some funny quotes here. So you're actually meant to. So when you climb up to the top, it gets you up there, and then the design makes it so that you have to actually manually press a button. Yeah. At the top, so you can back out at that point. So some quotes here from Jewel. Julie Jonas, Julie Julie Jonas, I I imagine him him speaking like kind of Werner Herzog. Werner. Just do it in a vaguely German. Once they're at the top, it gives everyone the decision to stop and go back down so safely. After that, everyone has to manually press a button to start the ride. Then it falls at a speed of 223 miles per hour and goes through seven loops that keep getting smaller. Um, and it says here that uh, the rider is subjected to a series of intensive motion elements that induce very various unique experiences from euphoria to thrill and from tunnel vision to loss of consciousness and eventually death. So you basically, basically. Um, so it does sound like the loop de loops are actually the thing that that triggers the euphoria. Like that that process is pleasurable, which is um yeah an yeah. interesting concept. Yeah, I mean not a, uh, I mean it sounds like craziness, but he so he's won a couple of awards for this. He won an art prize. Yeah, which is why this has come back up. But um, yeah, I think I mean you just think oh he's won the. The uh, the public prize for new technology, new technological art of update. Wow, well, the interest- it, that one. The interesting thing, which I can't remember if we talked about much when it came out, but um, assisted dying, like euthanasia over here, is was passed at the last election. The referendum passed, um, and right. so New Zealand will be um, implementing some form of euthanasia in the in the coming year or two. Um, that you can go to a doctor and and actually, uh, do you know what the criteria is? Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't have it at hand, but I can Google if you would like. Um, the yeah. uh, the interesting one where there are two referenda um, on the ballots at the last election. One was for legalization of weed, and weed failed, but euthanasia passed, which was <laughs> sort of backwards to what I expected. Yeah, that's weird. Is weed big in New Zealand? It is. Maybe that's why they assumed it wasn't 
um, wasn't going to um, really make a huge difference. I voted for it, but I, I think that it was very close. It was like 49%. So give it a few years and yeah. I think it'll probably um, pass. Um, so is, is New 64- Zealand a progressive country? On a global scale, yeah, it's pretty progressive. Progressive. They had gay marriage early and that sort of thing. Um, 65% of voters said yes to passing the End of Life Choice Act in New Zealand, wow. which is two-thirds of the country supported euthanasia. So to request assisted dying, you need to be 18 years or over, be a New Zealand citizen or permanent resident, have an illness that's likely to end your life within six months, be in an advanced state of irreversible decline in physical health, have unbearable suffering that can't be relieved in a way that you find tolerable and be able to make an informed decision about assisted dying. You can't be considered if you have a mental disorder or illness of all of any kind, including dementia or are elderly, but otherwise in good health. People with a disability are also excluded unless they meet the six criteria above. Um, You can't choose assisted dying in advance, like if you're in the early stages of mental decline and no one can choose it on your behalf. This includes anyone who holds your enduring power of attorney. So it is, um, the request has to come from you to a doctor and a doctor cannot initiate a discussion or suggest it as an option. And your doctor can refuse for conscientious grounds, um, but they'll put you in touch with a different group who can uh, set up under the act and can maintain a list of doctors who will do it. Um, So there are a lot of legislative safeguards there to make sure that it can't be abused. Um, obviously there'll be some people who may want it, but don't fit that criteria. Um, but they won't have access to it. So it'll be very interesting to see how it's, um, how, how it rolls out and, and what the, you know, what kind of doctors emerge to facilitate that kind of thing and and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd want, yeah. The, the fact that you can't, um, ask for it in advance, like if you were at the early stages of, let's say dementia. Yeah. You can't you can't volunteer voluntarily euthanize yourself in the stage of dementia and you can't do it before dementia. So like that's why I would want to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, yep, that's 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 the law as it currently stands and maybe a decade in after the situation is understood better and the implications are there and the bodies and organizations and everything have been established and the medical providers have had time to live with it, they might re-examine those policies and, and adjust it going forward. But as it stands out, um, as it rolls out, that will be the, the current model, which I think is, is fairly good in terms of alleviating people's concerns that you could pressure your gran into you know suicide if she doesn't want it or, or euthanasia, I should say. Um, Not as like, easy as it sounds, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, very interesting to think that we'll be living in a country where assisted dying is legal, but weed is not. Yeah, well, maybe they'll maybe they'll uh, get this roller coaster, this Lithuanian character. Yeah. Did you have any more of those quotes? I was enjoying the Venahutsug. Oh yeah, I got a few more if you want. Yeah, I did actually practice before. Yeah, good. Okay, more more at, at request. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Um, more from uh, Julie Jonas. Um, you most probably. Let me take that again. I I fucked up the probably. 
you most probably uh, you are already unconscious as this voice as this force rushes to nap, the nap. blood. Try again. Try again. Okay, I'll take it again. All right, let me just take that again. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting in your head a little bit, so don't don't I think am. about I it. I am. Don't think Shit. about it. Don't think about it. Just be it. Shit. Who are you? Oh, this is the best. Too slow. Quote. Too slow. Too slow. Who are you? I'm Verna. Okay. Well, you, you're I'm not. Verna. You're not. You're, you're Julie Jonas. I'm Julie, Julie Jonas. Okay. God, this is worse than I thought. No, no, Nick. Please, shush. Let me tell you. In other words, your body spins around your heart while you fall. Gravitational choreography. Most probably you are already unconscious as this force rushes the blood to the lower extremities of the body, thereby causing oxygen deficiency in the brain. It is exactly this cerebral suffocation, also known as cerebral hypoxia, that is going to kill you. The rest of the ride proceeds with your body being